The key to sustainable leadership lies in the ability to thrive in uncertainty, ambiguity, and change. Grand Heron International brings you the Coaching Assistance Program, giving your employees on-demand coaching to manage through a challenging situation and arrive at a solution. Visit grandheroninternational.ca slash podcast to learn more. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, a podcast dedicated to promoting leadership development and sharing leadership insights. Here's your host, the Leadership Accelerator, Eddie Turner. Hello, welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator. I work with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. The Keep Leading Podcast is dedicated to leadership development and insights. To that end, we've covered a lot of areas of leadership on the Keep Leading Podcast. Women and leadership. Leading with gratitude. Leadership grace. Leadership intelligence. And so much more. Do you know what we have not covered yet? at least explicitly, self-leadership. Today, we will discuss self-leadership. We will do it with my guest, Andrew Bryant. Andrew Bryant is a global influencer on self-leadership and effective leadership. He is on a mission to wake people up to the power of taking ownership for their thinking, feelings, and actions. Andrew is a best-selling author, certified speaking professional, and an executive coach. He has spoken for TEDx and for audiences as large as 12,000. Andrew is the author of Self-Leadership, How to Become a More Successful, Efficient, an effective leader from the inside out. And the best-selling Self-Leadership, 12 Powerful Mindsets and Methods to Win in Life and Business. He is English by birth, Australian by passport, Singaporean by residence, and Brazilian by marriage. Truly a multicultural approach. I'm excited to have Andrew Bryant. Andrew, welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast. Well, hello, Eddie, and thanks for having me on. I, I just got to tell you, it's good to finally connect with you again. We've met and interacted with each other a few times as members of the National Speakers Association at different conferences, and we're also both coaches. In fact, you had me as a part of your Thought Leader Summit there in Singapore virtually. That's right. The power of the internet. Geography is no longer an issue. <laughs> no longer an issue indeed. In fact, our friend in many cases, depending on what's going on in the world, right? It certainly is. It's a great way to connect across distances. I mean, it's Tuesday morning for me and it's Wednesday. It's on Monday night for you, right? Yes, yes, yes. 
So, Andrew, this idea of self-leadership, as I mentioned, we've talked about a lot of different aspects of leadership here, and tacitly, we've covered self-leadership, but today we're going to cover it explicitly. So tell us, what is self-leadership? Well, self-leadership is the practice of intentionally influencing your thinking, feeling, and actions towards your objectives. That's a definition that myself and my co-author, Dr. Anna Kazan, came up with in in the 2012 book that you mentioned how to become a more successful, efficient, and effective leader from the inside out. But we're not the first people to talk about self-leadership. In fact, the first author to to coin the term was Charles Mance. But the concept of self-leadership goes back to the Roman Stoics, the Greek philosophers, to Lao Tzu in Chinese antiquity, saying that you know mastery of others is strength, but mastery of self is true power. And I think we all inherently know that before we can lead others, we have to lead ourselves. And from about 1999, I, I stumbled on the importance of this concept in, in my own life, realizing that sometimes we teach best that which we most need to learn, that we all have an element of self-leadership or self-management, but it, it is the refining of that, it is the practice of that that makes the difference between those that are successful and those that are kind of bob along through life like a leaf in the wind. Okay. That's an interesting quote that you use. Mastery of others is strength. Mastery of self is true power. What a powerful quote. Yeah, that was Lao Tzu. And in Greek philosophy, Plato had a very similar idea or concept from the Roman Stoics, the Greek philosophers, down through time, there's always been this recognition that if we want to be influential in the world, we have to start with ourselves. Indeed. So many people don't see that though, right? So many people feel like it's just about controlling others. They do. The most important piece of equipment for any leader is not very expensive and you can uh, acquire it at a hardware store and it's called a mirror. And if you're not getting the effect you want from your team, then look in the mirror because that's where probably the problem lies. Indeed. And we have to have a certain amount of self-awareness to be able to accept what we see in the mirror. Is that true? Absolutely. And the correlation between self-awareness and self-leadership and effective leadership is is very clear. Leaders that lack self-leadership, lack self-awareness, clearly have problems with their people. Which brings us to sort of the academic construct behind self-leadership. I've been speaking and writing about it for 20 years. It's now perhaps trendy. The hashtag self-leadership is out there and everybody is talking about it, but they don't agree necessarily on a construct. So people use the term not realizing there is actually academic rigor behind it. And I have a piece of work that's about to be published that looks at self-leadership in terms of self-awareness, which we're talking about the, you know, what am I thinking? What are my intentions? What is my purpose? What are my values? Self-regulation, which we might now, we often would call personal mastery, the the mastery of our habits, that's self-regulation and self-learning. And those three constructs are anchored by context because self-leadership in North Korea is going to be very different from self-leadership in North Carolina in the sense that how we can execute our self-leadership depends on the context that we're in. So absolutely everything starts with self-awareness. Who am I? What's important to me? Where am I going? I mean, these are perennial questions, but the self-leader spends some time thinking about them. So if we are going to control others as a leader or influence them, we must be influencing ourselves. For if we can't control ourselves, we certainly can't help anyone else. So the big question becomes, 
how, how do I get to the point where I can develop this mastery over myself? Absolutely. First, before we go there, just take a step back for a moment and the permission to do that, because culturally, a lot of people remember talking about the context, whether you're in an I culture or a we culture. When I first started talking about self-leadership, a lot of people said, well, isn't that selfish? So when we talk about self-leadership, a lot of people go, well, I don't have permission to lead myself. I'm, I'm supposed to serve others and, you know, it's about the community and I'm not important. And I think we have to address that before we can get into self-leadership because that's the block. So self-leadership certainly isn't selfish. There's the, 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 the metaphor that if you're on a plane and the oxygen mask do fall from the ceiling, you're supposed to put the oxygen mask over your nose and mouth before assisting others, even children for the clear reason that if you run out of air, you can't help anybody else. So you know, whether you're a, you know, if you're a doctor, a nurse, a care worker, you have to look after yourself, otherwise you burn out and you can't serve other people. So this concept that self-leadership is selfish is, is erroneous, that when we move up Maslow's hierarchy of needs to self-actualization, we're much more likely to help other people than we're worried about our own survival and security, when we, in which case we'd be the person climbing over other people to get out of that plane. So step one is that self-leadership is not selfish and it's not anyway a lack of humility. You know, where I'm living in Asia, you know, people are very concerned about, well, we must be humble. But the true meaning of humility is from the Latin humilitas, which means grounded. So when we practice self-leadership, we become grounded and therefore we're much more able to support others. So I just want to get that out as a frame because when I teach or coach self-leadership, I often hit this limitation that people go, well, I can't grow myself if I don't first help others. And I go, well, it's very difficult to be a philanthropist if you're broke. <laughs> Make the money, then you can give it away. So Indeed, and to be the opposite of being selfish it's actually self-care. And if we are not in a condition where we've taken care of ourselves and developed mastery of ourselves, we have nothing to give anyone else to your point of the illustration of philanthropy. Absolutely. So, so that's the first frame. So how do we go about it is that we remove any guilt about developing ourselves. Because in relationship, I, my personal belief is that the best compliment you can pay anybody you're in relationship with is to 100% turn up and be yourself. Right? Don't try and be somebody else. Don't try and fake it. Don't try and manipulate them. Turn up and be 100% yourself. So, and the best version of yourself too, right? <laughs> exactly. And the best version of yourself. And the whole way we're wired with a big prefrontal cortex in our brain, which is the scenario planning piece of our, of our brain, is always about envisaging the best outcome for ourselves. So we are outcome-driven organisms. So we, we are absolutely wired to visualize a future that is better. And we have memory to remind us of our learnings. And then we have this prefrontal cortex to point us in the direction. So self-leadership is just articulating that we want to be clear about what is that best version of ourselves. And, and that's where self-awareness comes in. It's asking, what's my intention? I'm intentionally moving in a direction. And that in direction includes being the best version of myself. So this is the classic, what are you being what are you doing and what are you having? Often people start goal setting with saying, here's what I want to have, whether it's a gold medal or a, or a Maserati. 
before you have the gold medal or the Maserati, you've got to do certain things. You've got to engage in some actions. And before that, there's who you are turning up. So self-leadership starts with that inner game, which you as a coach know, the inner game and the outer game. The inner game is how I think about things. The outer game is how I act out those things. So it starts with a clear reflection. Sometimes people become naturally reflective. Sometimes people go to a coach or therapist to become reflective. Sometimes something happens in life that causes us to be reflective, what I call a moment. Sometimes lose all your money or have a health challenge or go through a divorce or a business collapse, and boy, do you get some reflection. Well, I'm talking to Andrew Bryant, a global influencer on self-leadership and effective leadership. He's on a mission to wake people up to the power of taking ownership for their thinking, feeling, and actions. And we'll have more with Andrew right after this. This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Turner, LLC. Organizations who need to accelerate the development of their leaders call Eddie Turner the Leadership Accelerator. Eddie works with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. Call Eddie Turner to help your leaders one-on-one as their coach or to inspire them as a group through the power of facilitation or a keynote address. Visit eddieturnerllc.com to learn more. This is Jane Anderson, personal branding expert from Down Under, and you are listening to the Keep Leading podcast with the one and only Eddie Turner. We're back. I'm talking to Andrew Bryant, best-selling author of Self-Leadership, How to Become a More Successful and Efficient and Effective Leader from the Inside Out. Andrew, before the break, we were talking about the steps it takes to develop self-leadership and why it matters. Can you talk a little bit about once we've identified the steps, how we take the ownership to execute? Well, ownership is is the key word. So we, before break, we talked about self-awareness. Self-mastery or self-regulation is taking ownership. It's taking ownership of your thoughts, feelings, and actions. So how do you take ownership of feelings is you recognize they're your feelings. Does somebody make you angry? No, you get angry about something somebody else did. And that distinction people lose because we feel the anger and there was a trigger and therefore we blame the trigger. When you become a self-leader, you, you take ownership. This is why I'm, you know, it's my excitement. It's my happiness. It's my grief. It's my anger. It's my frustration. Once we take ownership of that and we take ownership of our actions that come out of that, then we become very self-determined. And so ownership or autonomy or responsibility are the key signs of a self-leader. They go, okay, this happened. I'm going to take ownership of my actions and therefore I can change my behavior. So the ability to take feedback or feed forward, as, as our friend Marshall Goldsmith would say, is very much that you need to take ownership. And with ownership and responsibility, you can impact the world around you. Okay. Well, there are organizations that would love to have more self leadership among their leaders. How can organizations foster a culture where people are taking ownership of themselves, increasing their level of self-awareness that ends up with better performance? Certainly. Well, you can clearly see that if an organization doesn't have that because people are blaming and complaining, they're not taking that ownership. With, with great power comes great responsibility, according to Uncle Ben, but with great responsibility comes great power. So organizations need to treat their people as individuals, give them that ownership, 
and allow them to take action. And for that, we have to treat people as adults and not as children, which means managers have to ask questions and have to empower people to think and to act. And if they don't, they get automatons. And with the advance of AI, if somebody is not thinking, feeling, and acting, they can be replaced by an algorithm. And so self-leadership is never more important. That's a good distinction to make, the connection between uh, what's coming with AI, artificial intelligence, and automation that is transforming industries of all types faster and in a more permanent way than what we've ever seen before. So yeah, I really like that connection that you make to that. So if we piggyback off that, what happens to people in organizations if they don't promote a culture of self-leadership? Would you say that, which you just mentioned with the disintermediation? Yeah, I, I mean, I included the with and the without in that definition. And I think, you know, you see, you know, it, it's classically in engagement schools. If people are not engaged, it's because they don't feel a level of ownership with the organization. Organizations that have really blossomed, you know, the early days of Google, when it grew so rapidly, everybody was a Googler. They felt ownership of the company and they took actions as if it was their company. You know, you and I both as entrepreneurs know that every day we get up, it's it's our company and if we don't take actions, nothing gets done. If you scale your organization, you want everybody to feel that level of ownership and everybody feeling as if they own it. That means every customer interaction is going to be fabulous because you feel like you own the company. If somebody sees waste, they're going to fix that waste because they feel like they own the company, right? If somebody sees an opportunity, et cetera, et cetera. If somebody doesn't feel ownership, if they've been treated like a child by their boss, they've been given targets that they weren't engaged in, they'll do the bare minimum. If you try to tell a teenager to clean the room, they'll do, you know, when you tell them to clean the room, they'll do the bare minimum and possibly hide sweet wrappers in the closet, right? I speak from personal experience. But if, if, you, if you help your teenager think, this is your room, this is your space, you own this, you live in this, this is, this is your character, then they design the room and you know, they decorate it for themselves. Yeah, I read a fascinating article that drew a nice comparison and they introduced a new phrase that I like based on what you just said there. The idea that companies at times will kind of run people who have an entrepreneurial spirit outside the company, right? They, they say they want innovative people and people who think outside the box, but they really stifle them to the point that the people end up leaving. And it said that if you really harness the innovative thoughts, the, the, the free spirit of these individuals, rather than having them leave the company, and in some cases end up competing against the company as entrepreneurs, they could be used to keep that hunger, that thirst inside the company and be an intrapreneur. And that's where some of the greatest ideas can come from. And Google and some of the Silicon Valley companies were really good about that. You have a bunch of entrepreneurs running around. I'm a great fan of looking at the origin of words. And the word entre, entrepreneur comes from the French entrependre, which means to undertake. And it used to mean to undertake the risk of a journey. It was the French economist Jean-Baptiste Say who used entrependre to, to mean the undertake the risk of business. And of course, when we're undertaking risk, we're making choices. And this is the key of self-leadership is the ability to look at a choice and using your thinking to go, what's the right choice here? And for people in an organization to make entrepreneurial or intrapreneurial decisions, they know the direction of the company. They know the, they know the values of the company. So they, they have that compass to make the decisions to move the company forward without being 
instructed. I mean, you know, we know that Gmail is not a command from Google designed Gmails. You know, somebody made it off on the side. We know that SMS at Nokia was not commanded by Nokia, develop SMS, text messaging. It was designed by an engineer who actually wanted to do it for his own daughter, who was deaf. So as you say, the creative creations come when people own the outcome, but they have to own the outcome in a context where they know the direction because you don't want people working against the company. So that ability of the leaders to articulate the vision, the mission, the values, and then to empower people to get there supporting them, giving them feedback, et cetera. That's when you really get an entrepreneurial organization. Indeed. Indeed. So, Andrew, what would you say is the message that you want people listening to our podcast to take away? I'm on a, on a message to wake up. In life, you can be the driver or you can be the passenger. And it's very easy to be the passenger. It's very easy to, to go along with what's happening, et cetera. But when you drive a car, you know, in America, you know, you've got big open highways and great cars. You know, when you're driving, you are in control. You're making the decisions, but it comes with a level of risk and it comes with a level of responsibility to other drivers on the road. The key message here is, you know, it's your life. It's your career. Do not just expect your boss to give you a promotion. I run a program called C-Suite Accelerator and so many people missed out on promotions because they just did good work but they weren't saying, well, actually, I need to take ownership. It's my career. I want to move up. I need to articulate that. And so the key message is to wake up. It's your life. It's your career. Get in the driver's seat and, and navigate. All right. <laughs> I like it. So this is the Keep Leading Podcast. And on the Keep Leading Podcast, in addition to the wonderful messages that you share with us throughout this conversation, I always like to get a quote or the best piece of advice you've ever heard or read. Can you share that so that we can keep leading as leaders? Sure. So as I said, I'm not the only person who talks about self-leadership. There are other, other books out there. There are other authors. And I was interviewing the, the great Brian Tracy. And, and Brian said, to, I said to Brian, you know, what do you think about self-leadership? And he just nailed it. He said, self-leadership means that you as an individual decide exactly who you are and what you want. You write it down, make a plan, a goal, and you work on it every day. Self-leadership means that you expect complete responsibility for your results and outcomes. You don't blame other people. You don't make excuses. You are in charge. So kudos to the great Brian. He, he just nailed that definition. That is indeed a great definition. And Brian Tracy, also a member of the National Speakers Association, but he is a true, true legend. So thank you for sharing that, Andrew. Where can my listeners learn more about you? Well, it's very easy. We've been talking about self-leadership and I own the domain. You just go to selfleadership.com and on the homepage there, it will send you in different directions. If you're interested in coaching, there's a button for that. If you're interested in my C-Suite Accelerator program, there's a button for that. If you're in an organization and you're interested in putting self-leadership into your organization, creating a culture, there's a button for that. And if you want me to speak at your conference or convention, there's a button for that. And I, I, as you discovered, I'm truly global. And these days we do a lot of things through the internet with virtual conferences, virtual workshops, and virtual coaching. It saves on air miles. Wonderful. I'll throw that in the show notes so that folks can reach out and connect with you and get to know you and uh, use your services. My pleasure, Eddie. Thank you for being a guest on the Keep Leading Podcast. Hey, great to chat to you, Eddie.
and thank you for listening. That concludes this episode, everyone. I'm Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator, reminding you that leadership is not about our title or our position. Leadership is an activity. Leadership is action. It's not the case of once a leader, always a leader. It's not a garment we put on and take off. We must be a leader at our core and allow it to emanate in all we do. So whatever you're doing, always keep leading. Thank you for listening to your host, Eddie Turner, on the Keep Leading Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the Keep Leading Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. For more information about Eddie Turner's work, please visit eddieturnerllc.com. Thank you for listening to C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.